0: <laughs> Welcome to Frontline Nursing, a nurse minder production that gives you an insider's look into the daily life of nursing from those who are currently working on the front lines. Whether you are considering nursing as a profession, you are already a student, or you're a nurse looking to transition towards a new patient population, this show will give you some behind the scenes information to help guide your career. Today's episode is all about working as a float nurse on busy surgical units in a large, city hospital that takes care of level one and two traumas. This nurse specialty focuses on providing direct patient care to adult patients pre and post surgery in both acute and chronic conditions. It is a fast paced environment that will keep your feet hopping. So get those note apps and pens and papers ready because this is gonna be a good one. (laughs) Today on Frontline Nursing, we are joined by Jenny Rasmussen, an LPN who is nearing the end of her first year working on a busy surgical unit. And is a bedside nurse in one of the largest hospitals in her city. Graduated in 2017 you have just recently transitioned to working on a busy surgical unit and coming up to your first year there so I appreciate you coming on and sharing some of the struggles and successes a first-year nursing student goes through. Welcome to the show Jenny. Well thank you for having me. I'm delighted to have you actually. So let's get started with just a question about how did you find nursing as the career choice for you?
1: Um, So originally I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I did retail. Oh. <laughs> oh, we lost your
0: picture for a minute. What's going on
1: there, girl? <laughs> like I said, renovations
0: are happening in my house. <laughs> and I think my husband's working on the electrical. <laughs> That is too funny. We'll go without your photo for now, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Yay. All right. <laughs> so,
1: um, yeah. So, I dabbled in retail and I thought I really liked it, but I didn't in the end. Um, I joined the police academy and got kicked out. Oh <laughs> it was goodness. not for me. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Although,
1: I'm sure but, that training comes in handy as a nurse. <laughs> it does. Um, so... At the end of the day, I just really looked at the things that interest me, and that was one-to-one interaction with people. And growing up, I was surrounded by nurses. Um, I was in the hospital quite a bit, as well, a lot of family members, so we had a lot of home care. Um, So I had in my head what a nurse does, and I thought I'd look into it.
0: Awesome. So it does sound like you had a lot of influence that may have been guiding you on that path, although you wanted to try the policing first, so that's rather (laughs) interesting. (laughs) Yes, Uh, actually. Ironically, I too was going to go into the police force when I was younger and I was supposed to have my eyes surgically corrected to join, and I wasn't quite comfortable with the processes then, so I switched careers. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, now, it looks like it took you a while to get into the hospital since you graduated. What were some of the struggles you were finding in finding that first job? Um, so, I always,
1: every student, their goal, I feel like, is hospital. That's the golden dream. Mm-hmm. Um. I went on interviews and I was really nervous and that got the better of me in interviews and I didn't do so well. (laughs) So I had one interview where a manager pulled me aside and she's like, I know you're struggling and like you're a new grad, I'll give you some pointers and that made all the difference. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, so she pulled me aside. took a look at my resume and which I got professionally made was completely wrong (laughs) For, for the medical world. Um, what they were looking for and just how to display everything. Um, so after having that interview and her telling me, you just need to have someone do questions with you back and forth to, making more calm in interviews really made the difference. But I think that was my biggest struggle is getting through an interview. It just was not good.
0: <laughs> How many interviews um, did you have before you were accepted into the surgery flow pool? Do you remember? I had about six.
1: Mm-hmm. And But before I even had interviews, it was hard to get calls just because they're looking for someone that has connections in the hospital as well as um, experience in a hospital.
0: You know, and that's a good point to make and so for those who are listening who are just coming out of school They're gonna see all those job ads that say, you know minimum experience of two years Do not let that stop you from applying. All that means is if there's a candidate with more experience in that unit They will consider them above you, but make sure you're putting those resumes in Correct. Is is that the same advice that you heard from others?
1: Kinda like talking to nurses that already got jobs um, they said they got a referral so that's where i thought i was making my or not mistakes but that's why i wasn't getting those calls is because i had no connections in the hospital but all it took was my connection in my preceptor and my clinical experience in the hospital that i was applying for a job so i made sure in my cover letter i really emphasized that i worked at the rural ALEC and that seemed to make a difference.
0: Where was your clinical, your last um, focus clinical? Was it in surgery?
1: Um. So my last, yeah. So I was at the Alex for all of my experience. So mm. medicine, surgery was in the orthopedic surgery center. Oh, that's a. And then center. yes, <laughs> we call it the Palace. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then my preceptor took place at the lowest hole for
0: postpartum. Okay, and so your focus preceptorship didn't result in a job offer?
1: Um, kinda. They offered me an
0: er, a interview. Okay. And, and I'm, unfortunately, interview. I, you know, yeah. that's okay for a lot of people going out there for the first time. This is a professional interview and it's a lot different than retail where most people are coming from when they're young and transition into their professional career. So those first few interviews are so critical just for learning and growth more so. And really difficult to land that first job right off the, right out of the hot. Yeah. So surgery then, is that just a... Um, that's just the job you took because it was available, or were you interested in surgical patient
1: population? I was really interested in surgery. Um, I was would be thankful for any job offer from the hospital, but anytime I talked about the hospital or nursing, it always referred back to my experience in surgery in postpartum, and that's where I just felt the passion when talking about
0: that's awesome that you got a job in an area that you're passionate about so let's talk about how you first I like, talk about your very first day when you were now done your mentoring you were now first on your own with your own patient load you weren't having a <laughs> funny nurse anymore what was that day like for you <laughs> I cried <laughs> <laughs> so for well, joy or for like stress probably maybe a bit of both
1: <laughs> it was very scary so in your preceptor it's you're kind of on your own but you're still backed up that you're just a student if you do anything wrong you have someone on your side and that can hold your hand if you need it yeah when you get into the um, medical field and you're now not a student you your employee it's like a whirlwind it's terrifying i remember even before my first day during orientation i like almost question if I'm cut out to be in the hospital because what we learn in school doesn't really prepare us I feel like we lack a lot of preparedness um, for the real world of nursing before we enter in you get your four to seven patient load and you're also expected to know everything and do everything and not have questions which is sad but it's still the um, nurses eat their young it's still very much like that on the floors so when you're a new person coming in you have all these questions um, it's really important to find someone on the floor that is willing to take you under their wing because a lot of people won't so if you find that one person hang on to them and really And
0: being a float float nurse and, and moving from unit to unit, when you started, were you primarily positioned on one unit so you could kind of get comfortable with that unit before they moved you?
1: Yeah, so that's the great thing about the float program is you start on one unit and it's usually a unit you think that you'll be comfortable with. So they put me in orthopedics because... That's where I had experience.
0: That is a heavy unit. I've done (laughs) (laughs) orthopedics.
1: I learned orthopedics is not for me. Yeah. But So you have three buddy shifts, which is not a lot. No. Uh, So you have uh, evening, a night, and a day buddy shift. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, buddy shifts, we're used to, as student nurses, shadowing someone that's that doesn't exist as a buddy shift it's you take the full patient load and your buddy's there to
0: answer questions yeah and help out and rescue you and all those kind of things yes
1: which is terrifying to begin with because you're still stepping in fresh and you're dealing with patients that are your own um sorry i kind of lost my train of thought there buddy
0: shifts you got
1: three of them yeah and so you do the three and then you start working on the unit right away and as soon as you're comfortable, you call your manager for the float pool and you say, I'm
0: ready for my next
1: unit. You can take a week, you can take a month, however long you
0: need. Okay, do they have kind of a maximum time that they'd like to keep you on a unit before they transition you over? No. No, that's really up to you to set the pace. Yeah. That so sounds supportive in that sense, but it sounds like maybe the type of mentorship you had got um, paired up with wasn't always so conducive to feeling safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so after your orthopedics, talk to us a little bit of, a little bit about some of the other units you got to explore.
1: Um, so I started in orthopedics, and I honestly thought orthopedics is where I wanted to be
0: you but know then- because that was my first unit too and i loved it because you see a lot of different things and you learn a lot of different skills mm-hmm. uh, when you move to somewhere else you go hey wait a second yeah <laughs> it's like a whole new world yeah. um
1: so Where the you thing i <laughs> so after that um they moved me to It's still orthopedics, but hip and knee program, which is totally different too. It's all rehab that does everything, which is nice.
0: I'm um, familiar with those programs. So you've got very prescriptive days, day zero, day one, day two, day three, at the door sometimes, and they don't stay long. They're really quite efficient at those surgeries and the post-op care.
1: Yes, Um, and then after that, I went to palliative care. And it really wasn't for me. And the nice thing is you can vocalize that to your manager and they'll support you if because it takes a special nurse to be in palliative. So I no longer go there. It's just not for me. Um, and then after that, I went to urology, which is by far one of my favorite units. I love it completely. After urology, I went to plastic surgery and bariatrics. Mm -hmm. And then after that I went to gen surge and now I'm in ophthalmology and as well as
0: day surgery. That's a really good rounded resume. Like it sounds like a float nurse position would almost be an ideal position for a new nurse in the sense that you are exposed to so many things. You do get to experience so many skills. And (sighs) so to me, that's one of the bonuses. Are there any other benefits to being a float nurse that you can share?
1: Um, kind of like what you said, every unit's so different. You learn so many new skills that you didn't think that was in your scope. Um, and you just feel more confident. Like I feel confident now a year in, but it took six months for me to feel comfortable to walk onto a unit. But it's really worked or grown my confidence as a nurse because i can go on a unit and all units have off-service beds and they have a bariatric and ophthalmology and the nursing staff on ophthalmology have no idea for certain things and as a float you can really step up and show what you can do which is
0: really nice yeah you really get to be a leader in some moments when you've got a patient you know you think on a surgical floor and just for an example you maybe have a mental health patient well surgical nurses aren't mental health nurses so they really struggle with the two mixed together. Yes. Now you might find yourself on that ophthalmology and you have a bariatric patient at the same time and you've kind of got that background on how best to work with them and some of the tools and the tricks of the trade that you've learned from the masters that you can bring to that bedside. That sounds great. Now, are there any? Now, I will say. Okay, I just go back to a few points that you had shared. One is that you didn't feel comfortable until six months. I just want to share with you and anybody else listening. The research shows it takes two years for a nurse to feel comfortable about her skill set on the same unit. All right. So, as a float nurse, you are having to master those skills at a much accelerated pace and really kind of find your groove because every time you go somewhere, you don't know where things are, supplies, paperwork, processes, and you're having to this to
1: day. <laughs> you mix up units, and you're like, "Where is the stuff?" But Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> you're, right. And you're in the uh, you're in the dirty utility room. And you're like, "No, that was be the, the clean room on the other floor." Yeah. yeah. And the other thing I wanted to go back and just highlight was um, oh, now what did you say? Oh shoot, this part of getting to older, I forget <laughs> I, get <laughs> uh, I did this with my interview the other day too. If it comes back to me, I'll come back to that question. Uh, let me go back to my questions here for you. Tell me some of the more interesting, I mean, we can't obviously reveal any information. We know that. Yeah. Uh, but what were some of the more interesting things you've seen and got to participate in that really kind of lit your fire for a particular nursing area?
1: Um, I would have to say my first code blue Oh, good, I'm so glad you got <laughs> Uh I feel like that's really, you know it can happen at any time going into a hospital setting, but until you actually participate in your first code blue, I feel like your eyes widen. So every time you walk into a room, you really do notice the little things. Um, and you, not that you don't take it serious, but you take it more seriously. When you see a patient one minute and three minutes later, they're not breathing, it's crazy how fast things can turn around in surgery. Mm-hmm. And right. mm-hmm. that's honestly, the rush from surgery really motivates me to learn more and do more. Mm-hmm. Have you been in more than one Code Blue? I have, but I've only actively. So I've I ran the Code Blue until the Code Team came. Wow! They, thank you, Tammy.
0: <laughs> I'm impressed.
1: Um, and being in charge when we do our Code Blue sessions, it's chaotic. It's very shocking um, how calming it is when the proper leadership gets there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you really need to yell at everyone, everyone be quiet because everyone's trying to yell at each other. So it just makes you look at things differently and how to lead differently and also when to lead. So if you have two people trying to lead, it's not gonna happen. So maybe step back and let the other person lead uh-huh. is kind of what I learned. Um, the other codes, I was just in the lineup for CPR, but wasn't
0: needed. so, yeah okay, okay yeah so you know that's i think that's fantastic first of all every time i take a student group out and it has been probably consistent for the last year and a half that every time we go to the unit there has been a code blue either on our orientation day or during our our month on the unit so they've all been exposed at different levels and the comfort that comes with seeing the team you know, it, it does always feel chaotic on a unit. It doesn't even matter how many times it happens. It's just so startling and there's so many components to move and maneuver while you're waiting for that team that it, it's chaotic and it's stressful. But you're right, when that team hones in on there, and I used to be part of the Code Blue Team, so it was just, they're in control. They all have a role. They know what needs to be done. So there is really not a lot of dialogue about tasks. It's more just about um, listening and waiting for your cue to do what you need to do by the, the lead
1: Yes, Third degree. yeah, so never run away from a code blue, you're in good hands.
0: <laughs> get in there, <laughs> get some pumping action in there, that, yes. know the physicality and how much it you, know, you have to work to, to actually. Oh my
1: goodness, the, I was in so much pain I couldn't lift my arms up for two days. We went 40 minutes CPR with three people, it was crazy.
0: Wow, that is intense.
1: But you power through, you don't notice it because not that it's a rush, but the rush during a code just moves through you. And
0: yeah, no, there really is an adrenaline rush. It's that fight or flight. You're like, <laughs> 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 you didn't fight; you stayed to fight. And so the same hormones going through your body. <laughs> <laughs> so with just speaking of CPR, because that is actually one of the questions students ask a lot. So that was coming later, but I'm glad we're addressing it now. Um, have they all been successful? Your codes
1: that you've been involved in? No, I've only had one successful one. Um, But, so with the Rural Alex, we get a lot of inner city, and um, you see it a lot on the units. And unfortunately, I feel like it does play a big role in how successful our codes are. Because if you have someone that's having a PE with a drug overdose,
0: the the combination of the two diagnoses is not really conducive
1: no and that's been a common thing that i've come across on the floors
0: that i've worked on okay so with that not being successful all the time and we know cpr is not always successful um, how do you personally deal with the emotions and the second question to that is um, what about consoling and dealing with either family members or other patients that were in that room when that's happening? Have you had to be a part of that?
1: Yeah, so um, when I wasn't a part of a Code Blue, I cried. When you're not a part of it, you just kind of watch everything. But when you are a part of it, you get a piece in your mind that you guys did everything you could for this patient. and that's that like everything was done that you could do and you fought to keep them alive but they didn't make it so it kind of settles you and gives you the closure you need when they don't make it and you're a part of that code Mm -hmm. um and then the one code that i was running before the code team came um our rooms are so cramped right now in the hospital it's Crazy! Um, I forgot about the other patient on the other side of the curtain and when the code team comes there's no time to move another stretcher out and no. there's no room there's no. 30 people in this room so we pushed him against the wall close the curtain.
0: Yeah, it's and, like we're getting the best Grey's Anatomy ever in front of their, you know, live
1: TV. <laughs> um, but we got him headphones because it's not a great sound and someone's getting compressions done is aspirating and it's a scary thing for someone behind a curtain to listen to. Yeah. So we just keep checking up on them and apologize and see if they're okay. Um, and then after the code happened, we sat with the patient and we are like, do you have any questions? First of all, before we tried to talk to them, and they just asked, like, did the patient make it? And we're like, unfortunately, no. And he wanted to look on the other side of the bed, but we said, unfortunately, we want to respect and we'll be transferring the patient out. So. Yeah, and then our manager took over from there, which was nice, Um, and then the family, that was a really hard thing, I think that's the thing I struggle the most with, is when you lose a patient and you have to talk to the family, you don't want to cross boundaries or say too much because it's not our spot to, but you also want to be there for them. So I find that's where I struggle, is with the families.
0: Yeah, and being such a new experience, I mean, you're just in your hospital nursing. Those things will get easier and you'll find new strategies. But even once you feel comfortable, you'll come across somebody who doesn't respond to your approach. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're struggling all over again. So (laughs) good for you for having some positive outcomes and experiences with that. I think you've made a good point about when you're involved in it. Uh, And so I was kind of resonating with that because as a bedside nurse, I never got emotional about codes. And I could just go back and carry on to the next room like it was nothing else, you know. Of course I was um, disappointed, but it's a hard thing to yeah. but emotionally I wasn't like crying or anything like that. As an educator, Oh my gosh, my students will tell you I cry every time there's a code after it because I feel like I am their mother and I need to protect them from this and yet at the same time I am telling them come in here and do compressions and do the airway with the RT and get involved, Yeah, get your hands wet, but when it's all done I feel like I need to protect their emotional um, impact and it's such a hard thing for me as an educator to do that. Yeah. I cry more now as a teacher it's horrible <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness okay so where can we go to next um do you work typically eights or twelves as a float surgical I do a mix I do a mix hey how do you like that
1: I really like it I love 12 hours but sometimes when I'm run down the eight hours really nice to just peace out at three o'clock
0: and be done for the day Ah. Uh-huh. Hmm. I mean, the yeah. like um, broad experience you have. So it kind of makes me. When I was in the military, we also had to go to many many units, so burns of plastic, orthopedics, thoracics, gen general surgery, all that kind of stuff. And I really value all the knowledge that I gained from those units. So I am kind of thinking a float nurse is a really good idea to start with in a lot of ways. So what are some of the downsides to being a float nurse that you find? I'm
1: glad you asked that. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, the biggest not struggle but it's the whole your schedules up in the air you don't know where you you all have your favorite units the new units that you don't like so much um, so like I said sometimes I get a lot of anxiety when I don't know where I'm going or they split you eight hours on a unit and four hours on a unit mm-hmm. and it's rough it's really rough <laughs> I think in one shift they transferred me six times because they didn't know where to place me and so I was two hours late starting because it kept moving me so I was two hours behind. (laughs) Um, So that's one downfall is you're kind of up in the air. Another one I find your nursing community family you really need that. Um, and as a float, sometimes when you do move around a lot, you don't get established establish those um, strong relationships with the staff that work on the unit. Mm-hmm. And also sometimes they treat you like the float. So they give you a crappy assignment. <laughs> they kind of take advantage of it. So that part does suck. And it took me a while, but um, if you speak up, they'll respect that. But it did take a while for me to speak up
0: and your voice yeah
1: but the biggest thing was feeling like you do have a place just because you're bouncing around so much but
0: yeah does your float department do any team-building activities then to try and build that camaraderie among the float nurses at a minimum or is it just you show up you go to work and you go home pretty much we do have a staff meeting
1: once a month but making, I've not made one yet, (laughs) but, um, yeah, yeah, um, other than that, like floats kind of stick together, but we're all fighting. I feel like for the unit to notice you and because once a unit really knows you by name, you have an in if you want to pick up a line or attempt position.
0: Uh, So when it comes to those external or internal, um, Job postings, and you're a little bit more better positioned to maybe slip into that. Yeah. Yeah. And you've had a lot of good insight. That's a really good point is that you've already gone to a lot of different floors. You know where you want to work and where you don't want to work. Whereas somebody who's just coming in for the first time, they have no idea what the culture is like there.
1: Yeah. And going in, so um, going into an interview as a float nurse, you'd be like, I worked on your unit. And <laughs> so when they ask you questions, you kind of know the answers to
0: yeah that's awesome advantage yeah all right so here's um I have a couple more questions then we'll do a few Facebook questions so for those who are listening and are currently in school or maybe they've graduated um, sorry that's not the question we want to ask them on the wrong page here right. go so for those who are dabbling, sorry, this is the question I have to you. For those who are dabbling with the idea of working in with patients who are pre-post-op or on a surgical float pool, what are some of the steps you would suggest to them to help prepare them for the job and the tasks?
1: Um, so they're currently in that position or wanting to?
0: So they're considering that maybe surgery is a place they wanna go explore, so how could they best prepare themselves to take a surgical nursing job?
1: I would say go back to your books. Um, especially Patho. Um, that will be your best friend. That's really to this day, I still pull out my textbooks and go through
0: my med surge. I still and have a lot of textbooks from a uh, school and I graduated in two thousand six. <laughs> <laughs> all of them I have all the relevant ones. <laughs> um, because in your
1: interviews, your panels, it's all um, scenario based questions that's your whole interview mm-hmm. um, and they ask you a lot about skills and as well when you do finally get on the floor you're expected to know how to do these skills and like I said it could be it hit me in the face really hard like terrifying doing a pick dressing in nursing school we're like don't even look at a pic <laughs> don't think about it don't touch it yeah um, so just really Brushing up on your skills and surgical procedures and what to expect postdoc.
0: And not that I want to make a plug for my NurseMinder videos, but I do have some videos on YouTube that go over pick dressings and sterile field and some of those skills. So I have watched the pick dressing one. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I just I wanted to make sure people had training on time when they needed it. And I would often get a lot of questions from students. They would text me or they would message me. And I'm like, "Like, I can't answer at 10 o'clock at night and I don't have the resource and the capacity to work 12, 24 hours yeah. a day. So this was just so much easier for me to answer a ton of questions and just say, hey, have you watched the video? Cause that's gonna give you
1: everything you need. That's perfect. Um, as well as when you're actually on the floor, I forgot to mention, we have clinical nurse instructors mm-hmm. and educators, sorry. They are your lifesaver because a lot of the time as a new nurse, you will have to do something that you've never done that you don't know how to do. And you ask around, no one can help you because everyone else is crashing. Yeah. And you can call your clinical nurse educator and they'll come down to the floor and they'll walk you step by step for anything. If you have a question about med, if you're concerned about your patients, if you need to do a skill that you've never done. So it's really nice and always use it.
0: Absolutely, that's a great point. Um, And of course, if they're they're not able to come, then you've always got your, is it Potter and Perry they have on the unit now? I can't remember, but they've got the textbook with all the skills you learned in school. So those are books you never want to sell people. (laughs) So the nice thing, too,
1: is a lot of units, they laminated any skills that you do want. So woundvax is on orthopedics and um, plastic surgery, Mm -hmm. and it does step-by-step all of your stuff, highlighted, and that's amazing Um, for pick lines on the unit. And it's all hanging in the med room, and you just grab the booklet you need for the
0: task. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's good that they've made those quick quick, uh, resources for you. Yeah. Okay, my last question is for those who are struggling to find their fit and maybe their nursing home, which um, you've kind of found many places you like, what advice can you give them to help them navigate the opportunities in the profession?
1: Um, so the main thing I want to say is go for anything because you really don't know what you'll like until you try it. And if you feel like you're not satisfied at the end of the day, keep looking for something. Um, When you get in somewhere, it's just experience that you're gaining. So it's a win-win for you. Um, I think I
0: covered it. Did I cover it? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that's important to take whatever comes your way at first, because it is really challenging right now. When you first started nursing, if you go back to when you entered the school, did you have an idea of what kind of nurse you thought you wanted to be at that time?
1: Um, so That's funny actually, so I thought maybe I wanted to go work at the Reman because I went to the police academy. I still found it fascinating working with criminals, but um, when I went to my preceptor, so in school I was like I want nothing to do with maternity, no pediatrics, it's not my jam and then i had postpart or maternity the course and i fell in love with it wow. and so i wrote a big long letter and i got into maternity as my postpart or, as my postpartum as my preceptor and i absolutely fell in love with it and surgery um so yeah it took me by surprise what i liked and what i thought i liked and then going in to surgery float, I thought I loved orthopedics until I actually worked orthopedics as a nurse on the floor. I like that I really hate it, (laughs) but I still enjoy going there for the experience for wound care because I really enjoy the wound care. Mm -hmm.
0: Plastics is great for wound care too. Yes. (laughs) Uh, There's have some awesome stuff there.
1: It's crazy, it's mind blowing what they do. Yeah.
0: All right, so a few questions on Facebook. Uh, I think we've already answered them, well, The first one is, what's the workload like? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, it's pretty
1: heavy. Um, every day I'm running, no matter what unit I'm on. There's obviously some units I'm more comfortable, and I kind of got a groove in. But, honestly, in surgery alone, as soon as you get on the floor, your call bells are going off. Everyone needs pain meds the medications are intense as well you need to know when the doctor comes down or ask a question and they point to the nurse which is you and you can't answer a basic question it's it's really hard to take um so just really
0: know your patients is the right, biggest stop, thing stop, right it's okay to say you know i don't have the answer right now let me get back to you yeah That's perfect. And And we organize.
1: So that's the main thing. So my cheat sheets that I use every day, that's, those are the main things I find that doctors come and ask for me and they expect a nurse to know it just like that. Mm -hmm. So I find having that organization on my clipboard beside me at all times keeps me accountable. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So another question has come in and it says, have you ever got to go to the OR with your patients? Yeah, a few times.
1: So ophthalmology, I've gotten to go in and that was great. Um, Postpartum, I got to go. That was awesome. I got to um, grab a uterus after a hysterectomy. (laughs) So that was really cool. (laughs) Um, And it's crazy how much a human can do. So like a surgeon, it's insane what they can do. And the robots they use to do a surgery, it's mind blowing. Um, But the main thing I wanna like stress is, if you go back to when you've ever walked into emergency or a hospital, you're scared, you're confused, you feel out of place, as surgical nurses, I feel like we get very comfortable around surgery. And we have someone that is kinda have, they have anxiety about their surgery and may just say, you'll be fine. I feel like we do, get desensitized to the fact that it's still surgery, it's scary for people. So always keep yourself in check that it's, no matter what procedure, going to the OR, getting put under is terrifying.
0: Yeah. All right, so the last question that's there, and I don't know if we want to tackle this one, this is a big one. (laughs) It happens to deal with um, today's political climate and how the new government has announced this increased scope of practice. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm like, this could be a whole show in itself. Yes. Um, But are you excited about the increased scope of practice? Okay, so
1: I made a post myself about this. I am very excited to expand my scope. I'm always excited to learn new things and take on new tasks. The only thing that makes me really upset is LPNs are not getting the recognition for how much they do on the floors now. I get a lot of people that say, oh, you're an LPN, can you even give meds? It's like, (laughs) it blows my mind away. Most of the time, you do take the same patient load as RNs. Especially in surgery, it's really hard to um, divide patients equally. And all patient loads are pretty heavy. But um, I just, I hope that with an increase of scope, we also get recognition in maybe an increase in pay, but now that there's going to be a, a more, wage more. increase, oh, <laughs> it kind of kills me and it kind of makes me not want to accept new scopes until we get a pay increase. It's kind of selfish for me, but I work hard and I run. And so to add more to my scope and not really get recognized as well as have such a huge gap between LPNs and RNs kind of makes me upset.
0: Yeah, no, I totally understand that. And a lot of people would um, share your sentiments for sure about that wage discrepancy. And we are in such a um, tough political time that it's really not going to help to heal any of those wounds. That people will be experiencing as this progresses forward so let's save the political stuff maybe for another podcast yes <laughs> I think so well I want to thank you for joining us today on frontline nursing Jenny it's been a pleasure talking with you yes it's a
1: pleasure thank you for having me
0: yeah so um thank all. you for listening to frontline nursing join us at nurseminder.com Click on the link Frontline Nursing and become a member of our tribe. You'll find access to all the video recordings and be sure to listen to after the recording with Jenny as we go over her organizational plans for a variety of different units. And don't forget the downloads.